faith is not something that comes naturally to me. But one day I was walking down the street in Cambridge, Massachusetts, when a woman about my age, who was clearly one of my people, stopped me on the street and asked me if I'd ever heard of chanting, Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Well, I don't often think in terms of my people either. I wasn't really raised connected to a particular community. But my family background are all New York Jews. And we have a certain luck. So this woman stopped me on the street, who was clearly one of my people, and, and talked to me about Buddhism. She told me that chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo would enable me to bring forth my Buddha nature, my best self, and fulfill my dreams and overcome my obstacles. Nam means devotion. Myoho means mystic law. Renge means cause and effect. And kyo means sound or vibration, which is why we chant nam yoho renge kyo out loud. None of that made any sense to me at all. But I was in my late 20s, and I recognized I could use some self-improvement, and I thought maybe this is a message from the universe that I should try Buddhism. And I started chanting. And I chanted for seven years. And I had many amazing experiences when things I chanted about with determination happened. But usually I chanted with determination after I had exhausted every single other opportunity. And I never really developed anything that was lasting faith. After about seven years, I took stock. And I could tell, you know, I might not be my best self ever, but I thought, you know, I'm pretty good. <laughs> and I thought, I think I got this. <laughs> and I stopped chanting. And at first, things were good. But gradually, over the next seven years, I grew more and more disenchanted. I stopped understanding the point. You know, I'm just supposed to show up at my job every day so I can get my paycheck so I can buy things. I stopped really getting that whole point. And my disenchantment increased and slowly I developed deep suffering that this is a nation all about money. And I really found that disheartening. And I didn't see anything I could do about it. And I just went on with life. Well, eventually I moved to Portland, Oregon and I made a new friend, Jean. And my friend practiced the same Buddhism that I used to practice. And much to my surprise, I started practicing again. A couple of months after I started practicing, I got inspired with a business. It came out of my experience. When I moved here, I bought a home. And I was thinking about taxes, getting ready to deal with taxes. And I needed some tax deductions. And I moved from Boston and had things like silk suits that I didn't wear out here. So I called Dress for Success. Did I need my silk suits? I called Dress for Success and I said, can you tell me how I can find out what these are worth as a tax deduction? And they told me about software I could get for 20 bucks that would tell me what I could deduct. So I did this major donation, clothing, furniture, household goods. And my donation came to almost $5,000 in deductions. 
And I said, whoa, I had no idea. Not only did I have no idea that things are worth that much, but I said, no one I know knows that things are worth that much. And I said, what a great business. You could charge people to do this documentation, and they would make more in their tax deduction than they paid for the service, and they would help the community, and it could create jobs. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is wonderful. I named my business Donation Services, and I spell dough like money, D-O-U-G-H, nation. <laughs> and I took great secret pleasure in the fact that I took the same essence of what caused me my deepest suffering, and I turned it into the most positive business model that I'd ever seen. And I was stoked. <laughs> Everyone told me that this was going to be a difficult road to walk. They said it's a new concept, people have never heard of this, this is going to be really hard to do. And I was thinking, you know, yeah, yeah, I understand that, but how could anybody not want to do this? How could you not want to do this? You know, you're going to make more money than you pay and you're going to help people. Inside of the first two years, I discovered that they were all really right and that really, really <laughs> actually got this idea you know right away so after two years and of course exhausting every other effort that that I could think to make I realized I need to chant about this so I chanted about two things I chanted to get a business partner and I chanted for the media to come to me because I hadn't been successful in getting their attention on my own Shortly after that, I went to an event for women in business and I met Renee Mitchell from the Oregonian and she wrote a column on me and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But that wasn't the media coming to me, so I didn't really like register. But the day after the column came out, Joe Smith from Channel 8 called me and he said, I want to put you on TV tomorrow and I want you to find a customer to do the shoot at. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And I hang up the phone, and then I'm like, what am I gonna do now? I need to find a customer. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, where am I gonna do this? Are you still showing up at eight o'clock somewhere? <laughs> and about an hour later, this woman calls up. She'd read the article, and uh, her aunt had passed away and left her all these beautiful things, and she hadn't wanted to sell them, and she read about donation, and she's like, this is great, I wanna do this. And I said, that's wonderful. And then I said, um, and Joe Smith from Channel 8 just called me, and how would you like to <laughs> let me come and, and, and do the TV spot with you tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock? And she said, yes. And then I said, and oh, by the way, could I actually come back the next day to do the job because I don't have time tomorrow to do it for you? <laughs> and she said, yes. Her name was Lorca. I show up to do the shoot, and she's laid out her aunt's things on the table, and it's all beautiful, and the shoot goes great. And I go back the next day to take care of the actual job, and we're talking, and she turned out to be a retired realtor and was looking for something new in her life, and she was captured by this idea. Lorca became my partner. She was a great partner. Now, I didn't catch for about four months that both my prayers got answered, and they got answered in a very connected way, in a way that was like very powerful. Four months later, when I finally turned around and looked at it and said, oh, Wow, that was my first breakthrough with lasting faith in Buddhism. So we went on for a few years, and, and Lorca was a great, great partner. She had put 100% into it. I couldn't have asked for anything more. I didn't quite realize along the way that I wasn't being as good a partner to her as she was to me. Until one day when I got another message from the universe. 
I was having lunch at a Thai restaurant and I got to my fortune cookie and I looked down at my fortune cookie and I suddenly had a feeling that this fortune cookie had a message for me. And I pick up the cookie and I'm holding it in my hand before I open it, I'm like, this fortune cookie has a message for me. <laughs> and I open the cookie and the cookie says, your judgment is a little bit off at this time. <laughs> Rely on friends. <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting message from a fortune cookie. But what struck me is that it spoke to me in my language. That's exactly how I would say it to a friend of mine. I'm kind of diplomatic, so I'd be like, you know, your judgment's a little bit off at this time. <laughs> so I called up my friends and I said, my cookie said my judgment's off. <laughs> again. And what I realized was that when I work for other people, I do what I'm supposed to do. You kind of have to when you work for other people, you know, or you're not going to work for other people. When I worked for myself, I spent too much time in like the snow globe of my mind thinking of other ideas. And in my mind, I had actually designed not just donation, but an entire industry, an entire local economic development program. And it was all very beautiful, but it wasn't actually doing what I was supposed to do to like build this business that I designed and I had a partner for. So Lorca and I talked. And we agreed that I would leave the business to her, because she was serious about it. And then I went back to work for other people. Well, Lorca nurtured the business and kept it going, but she had started to have some serious health issues. And two years after I left the business, she called me up and she said that she was now terminally ill and she could not continue. And she asked me to take donation back. Now, as a Buddhist, I'm no longer afraid of death, but of course I felt for my friend and for her suffering and for you know, all the heart and effort that she had made to keep donation going. So of course I took it back and I was committed to keeping it going. And that's been three years since she passed away. And I've kept donation going, but it's still a freaking heavy lift. And I still am not talented in running a business. And I've now exhausted every other avenue that I typically try before I realized that what I need to do is sit down and start chanting again about my business and chant with determination because I know that if I chant, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, with determination, I will break through. Mm -hmm. <laughs>